This episode of the No Film School podcast is brought to you by Rode Microphones and Blackmagic Design. Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School podcast. Nathan and David Zellner are no strangers to Sundance, but perhaps they wish the festival was something as new and exciting as it was when they premiered Kumiko the Treasure Hunter there back in 2014. That's not to say Park City has grown stale for the Directing Brothers, merely that they enjoy new experiences, so much so, in fact, that it has become a driving force in their creative mission over the course of their career. They make it a point not to explore material which they have already explored, so with every new film, they add a new genre to their resume. For their current project, the subversively titled Damsel, that means Western. Damsel takes place in the frontier west sometime in the 1800s. Robert Pattinson plays a wealthy dandy man by the name of Samuel, who hires a priest, in fact played by one of the Zellners, to accompany him in tracking down and marrying his beloved Penelope. Penelope is played by Maya Wasikowska, whose name I hope one day to pronounce with the utmost confidence, especially after seeing her brilliant and strong-willed performances in both this film and Nick Pesh's piercing at the festival. I sat down with the Zellners the day after their film premiered to discuss their fresh start philosophy, their roots as child filmmakers, and what it's important to remember when acting in your own films. Hey everybody, it's John, and I'm here with Nathan and David Zellner. Do you guys want to introduce yourself so the podcast listeners can acquaintance themselves with your voices to start off? Hi, I'm David Zellner. And I'm Nathan Zellner. Great. (laughs) So I'm going to ask with, I guess, something that I don't usually lead with, but it's interesting since you guys are brothers. Um, did either of you go to film school? I went to film school. Okay. Yeah. So where, where did you go? Uh, at UT Austin. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. How was the scene there just out of uh, curiosity? Because Austin seems like such an, it's such an amazing place to live, mm-hmm. but like breaking into that film scene, I just, I can't fathom it. Like oh, I don't know. being an outsider. Oh, know? I don't know. It's pretty small. I mean, it just happens organic. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a pretty um, open film community um like the film society there has been around forever um and there's there's a lot you know there's a lot of things that they do for up-and-coming filmmakers and you can you know rent screening rooms and i think they there's some places that have a lot of you know discounts for equipment and that sort of thing um but like like uh like most film communities there's a really good um you know they do AFS does programming. The Alamo's based out of there. They they do great programming, and you go to a lot of movies, and you see a lot of the same people. And then, of course, you know, film people tend to want to hang out after a movie and digest it and talk about it, and that's where you meet everybody. And it's really it's pretty easy, actually. And did you guys first start making films in Austin then, or? Uh, We've just been making films since we were kids. Yeah. 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 How How did that start? Like, what was your experience like as children making movies together uh i mean just making you know, um i think the way most people most kids do with just a vhs camera and um uh where you you know you start off by just kind of copying trying to copy things you've seen um that you, you liked and and uh trying to do it earnestly but then it just it ends up being you know terrible spoof <laughs> kind of thing or something and uh and then just i mean just working from you know from there and then and editing in camera, you know, mm. everything. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then getting access to more sophisticated equipment and, and just kept going from there. Were, so. were you influenced by any, like, specific genre as kids? Was there anything that you'd really try and uh, gravitate towards? Uh, when we, I mean, I, when we were kids, I don't know, like, 
I don't know, action and horror, I think. Yeah. That were the two main things. Um, uh, yeah. And, and we had a lot, lot of fake blood and stuff yeah. with what we do. So. Well, there's definitely some of those elements in Damsel. I won't, like, give too much away there. <laughs> um, but how uh, how did the Western influence you for, for Damsel, the genre? Um, well, we're, we're fans of Westerns and um, just want, always wanted to do one. And... Um, uh, but kind of like the idea of taking some of the, you know, the, the, the tropes of it, um, or, you know, that, and, and things that have maybe become, well, just some, some cliches with, with, um, with the genre and, and, and kind of spin them in interesting ways, but, um, you know, embrace them initially and use them as a foundation, um, so that you have something to kind of deviate from as, as you go. Totally. But, um, but no, I know we, I don't know. There's all, we've, yeah, I've always, uh, we're not as schooled on like the, you know, the, some of the, like the John Ford, mm-hmm. um, uh, or Howard Hawks stuff. Like, it's, um, I mean, we know like the, the most famous ones, but not, not as deep with those as, as, um, some other filmmakers like Bud Bedecker and, um, things like that. Yeah. It's not like a spaghetti Western. It's like a frontier Western. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how I definitely saw that. And, and it's, it's not really since I I love spaghetti westerns. It's a, it's a side of the western that I haven't really seen much of before. But mm-hmm. your film is also like highly contemporary in the sense where you know someone brought this question up in the Q and A yesterday. Um, how you blend contemporary language with sort of the uh, colloquialisms of the age? Yeah, <laughs> the frontier. It just seemed like a fun thing to do. I mean, I don't know. It just it just kind of. I mean, it's all it's all very deliberate, but. But then it also kind of came about organically. It just kind of, it just kind of feel feel it, um, kind of feel it out as we go with um, with where the anachronisms are, you know. And but not we're not like um, it's not we're not haphazard with it, but we're also like leave 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 room for um, yeah things. Just finding us what aesthetically fits together, regardless of of um, where it comes from, and. Um, and uh, just kind of creating our own, you know, blend for whatever this is, and uh, that's why we never, we didn't care about um, setting the film in a, you know, like a particular, like in Texas or, uh, or in a particular year. We just say it's in the, it, you know, I guess it could be in the 1800s, but it's just in the the mythic kind of Wild West. And that mythic Wild West comes which with a uh, with such a what I identified as a strong theme in your movie, which is this whole thing about fresh starts, mm-hmm. um, and I think that you know, as filmmaker, as a filmmaker, as a filmmaker duo, uh, fresh starts are something that I think we crave a lot. (laughs) Um, are there any sort of fresh starts that you guys have had in your career that have really like, I don't know, advanced your career in some way? Uh, I mean, every, well, I don't know. I feel like each time I'm making something, (laughs) it's like that, you know, just kind of building on what you've done, um, before. Um, but um, I, I mean, every time I feel like every time you make something, you're kind of starting starting over mm-hmm. again. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because when we talk about what we want to do next or um, projects that we like, it's always trying to do something that we would like to see or that we haven't seen or that we haven't done, and that's kind of where the challenge is. And so, instead of doing just a a, a copy of something that we've done before or, or try to just redo something, it's it's always I guess in that way it can feel like a fresh start every movie, like David's saying. So for Damsel, what was your uh, sort of objective there to, to see something that you hadn't seen or what you wanted to see on screen? Yeah, I mean, it's not... 
a lot of it's just pretty intuitive. We don't, we don't really, at least initially, I don't really talk about it much in that way. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, just kind of a, a gut, a gut feeling of something that would feel fresh, or just when you start to think, you know, starting to, to, to you know, to come up with characters and 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 um, and you know, in like a lot of westerns, the like the female characters are really, really flat, and so it's just like just trying to think of ways to, yeah, use, you know. Um, you use that as a foundation and, and, um, and then, and, and, um, as kind of an entry point to a story and then, and then add layers to it, um, that make the characters will feel, um, more relatable on a, on a human level. And, and a lot, part of that is from like, you know, contemporary elements that are kind of incorporated, um, in, into their, into their vernacular or just, um, uh, in, into the way they, they deal with, deal with things. Mia's character is like such a strong female character and not just in the sense that she's like physically strong and the things that she's doing are strong, but she seems very fleshed out. Your, your film is being called sort of an anti-Western feminist movie in a way. Um, and I, it comes at a time, um, especially at Sundance where we're seeing a lot of feminist movies, um, and I've seen some of those feminist movies and I, I have to say that yours is probably was probably the strongest in that sense um and it it came i think from sort of a subtlety or just a way uh a way that like this woman is being pursued you know but she doesn't need any of that pursuit and in, in a sense she's the one who ends up like saving these characters what were some points that you felt like it was necessary to hit when you were writing her character um well i think with every I don't know if we had an agenda in that way. We never, I don't have any interest in being like, like overtly didactic with anything we're doing. It just kind of like, we certainly have ideas going into it, but then leaving some, you know, kind of, kind of room. I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious, you know, but like leaving room to like breathing room to, or we're not like forcing something down someone's throat. And it's always, I mean, that's the stuff I respond to more where it's where, you know, you, you, you trust the audience to, to get in certain things and to come to them on their own terms rather than like lecturing them. And, um, and, and then, and then it's also fun. Uh, I mean, in terms of some, in terms of a movie that you're watching or something like that, where, um, where it, it's, you're, you're kind of approaching things in a, in an indirect way where it's, it's not quite so, so literal or, or on the nose. And I, sometimes I feel like at least things I appreciate can be more effective that, that way, um, uh, or I was, I'm, I'm more responsive to them than if some, something is so like just directed straight at you, which is why it's fun, you know. That we, we don't playing with with genre or with or with you know, liberties liberties of genre or or um, or, uh, or or like you know this kind of that kind of mythical setting of, of the the West. So, what's your screenwriting process like when you both collaborate on these scripts? Um, David's hand is on the right side of the keyboard, and mine is on the <laughs> left. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> is that like an allegory for no. where your minds are at? Like no, I mean right, usually right side, left side. Um, usually it starts with an idea, and then um, like D- David does, uh, you know, a pass on a on a script and bounces some stuff off, and then we just keep talking about it. Um, and you know, <clears throat> like with this one, working from the middle and kind of laying the the foundation so that we know where to to hang things off of and, and how those decisions are made. And, and, um, you know, it's all with the goal of, of, uh, you know, 
producing and, and making the film at, at a certain point. So it's a, a lot of it is thinking in terms of, um, you know, what would be visually interesting. And there's a lot of visual elements put in, in the scripts as well. So that, um, yeah, a lot of the way it's shot and so I don't know. We, yeah, we write very visually with, we, we try to illustrate as much as we can in terms of how we want it kind of covered and shot th- from the, from the, the script stage. Um, but it's hard, like, I don't know. It just, uh, certain, it just kind of get like, I mean, I'm always thinking about, I, I, you know, kind of uh, ideas and just, um, just, it's kind of like, you know, seeds of things. Um, and, and then they just kind of like take shape over time. And it's just, I think and I'm like, like sitting on ideas for a really long time before writing, just kind of letting them form. And sometimes you have these pieces and you don't really know how they're going to go together. Um, or, or if this is the right, pro, you know, script that they'll go into, but you just have these things kind of, you know, that kind of come to the surface and form, and then, and then you, you know, find a way that they all work together. So when you say uh, writing a script from the middle out, what, what does that mean? Oh, just where the idea comes from. Oh, okay. In this particular instance. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah. No, he's saying with, with this one. I mean, this one, the just um, for, I mean, no particular reason there's the 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 the, what happens in the middle of the movie was kind of the impetus for it you know thinking um about this you know this event happening and then what leads up to it and and then the aftermath of it and um, and then how people you know are affected by it and deal with it that's really interesting yeah can't can't say what happens but (laughs) see the movie and that'll be a very interesting comment um so then from that script writing uh stage you guys said you're like you have a very visual idea of what the script will be uh what are more advantages of being sort of a writer director in in uh contrast to just simply being a director having Um, complete control of that from the beginning well then you can well i think then you've you've lived with it you know for a long time i don't know it'd be fun working with we've never it'd be fun to adapt a book or something Uh, we've we've not done that and and if um or we never worked with existing material before, really. So that would be um, nice. I don't, yeah, it's hard, since we haven't, we've only done it this way, it's hard to compare it yeah. to to, um, to anything else. But it's, um, uh, I don't know, it's 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 nice. I mean, we just keep refining, you know, as, as, as we go. And um, a lot of the, I feel, I mean, like in terms of the aesthetics, a lot of the, the direction is, is really, you know, sorted out in in, um, in in the in the script stage. I feel. Do you actually like physically write out uh, the camera movements or? No, uh, it depends. Well, not not every single scene, but on but you know a, a lot of times, yeah. When um, um, when yeah, if it's more uh, if it's dialogue less, if it's the dialogue driven scene less, so if it's more action based, and yeah, it gets it gets into that for sure. So it just it just kind of. I don't know. We don't. We don't have like a, a real, like strict discipline way of, of how it all. It's just kind of based on, on what feels right. Mm. So there's not like really any hallmarks now that you've made. I how how many films together that like you reach at every point of of the of every process. Do, do you know what I mean? Or? Oh yeah. No. It just and maybe that would make. Maybe that would be more efficient. I don't know. No, I, don't. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we just kind of. I don't know. Some of it. So much of it is just kind of. Just in, intuitive and these kind of um, the way the just the way ideas come come together, and um, and then you know and ideally trying to you know um, wanting to do stuff that is uh, different from us and 
from what we've done before, at least, you know, uh, at least trying that. And then, um, and ideally, you know, so, well, just something that we'd want to see, you know, and, and, um, and just trying, yeah, it's, it's so hard to make a movie and it takes so long. It's just like, um, I like to try to make, try to uh, attempt to do something different. Black Magic Design creates the world's highest quality products for the feature film, post-production, and television broadcast industries. Black Magic Design's DeckLink capture cards launched a revolution in quality and affordability in post-production, while the company's Emmy award-winning DaVinci Color Correction products have dominated the television and film industry since 1984. Founded by world-leading post-production editors and engineers, Black Magic Design is dedicated to allowing the highest quality video to be affordable to everyone, so the post-production and television industry can become a truly creative industry. The all-new VideoMic Pro Plus from Rode Microphones is the ultimate on-camera shotgun microphone. The VMP Plus is jam-packed with features, including an automatic power function, perfect for the run-and-gun shooter, which automatically turns the microphone off when unplugged from the camera. A built-in battery door, which makes replacing the battery a breeze, plus it won't get lost. Multiple power options, digital switching, which will ensure user has ultimate capture of the audio signal at the source, reducing post-production and editing times, including a two-stage high-pass filter, a three-stage gain control, a high-frequency boost, and a safety channel, which will help ensure the signal does not clip when unexpected spikes occur. That's the VideoMic Pro from Rode Microphones. So then, why do you uh, like to act in your films? Just out of curiosity, like what? Where does that decision come from? Is that a, is that a a, a need, or is that sort of just do you enjoy it, or what's the? Oh, we love acting when when appropriate. I mean, we don't act in all of our stuff, but I guess a lot of it. It's just, and we and it really stems from start when we were kids, just making stuff on VHS cameras when you don't know the difference between a, you know, we just thought, I mean, just. No, there's a camera and then there's people in front of it. You know, when you're really little making stuff and, and you don't know what a director or a producer or writer is or anything. And, and so I think um, the impetus for us making things was wanting to perform um, when we were little. And then, and then from there, um, getting, you know, like then, then asking questions and getting interested in, you know, what all the pieces are that, you know, that, that, um, you know, put it all together. So it's just kind of second nature. And I think if we were just trying to do that for the first time, it would be daunting wearing that many hats. But um, we, I mean, this was a bigger, big, you know, much larger step up with, with, the, with these stars and, um, and, and, and the, the, you know, um, the size of the production. Um, but uh, I don't know, it's something we, we love to do when appropriate. And um, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep doing it. Is there are are one of you directing the other in those senses or in the in those scenes where you where you appear or is it just uh, a sort of brain wave thing that you have going on? Uh, both, I th- yeah, both. I think. I mean, definitely. We, we're you know we can we have a shorthand so we can be pretty frank with each other yeah. if something if we're not happy with with something. But we we also try to through you know work out all those the. Try to if we're if we're gonna have the audacity to cast ourselves, we try to work out the kinks of all that like way before production, so we're not wasting the other actors' time or um, or so that the time can be spent on them. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think just uh, I don't know. We've I guess we've done it long enough to where it can 
you know, just switch like switch on and off between the being the character and giving direction it's tough i mean yeah. i i uh i just shot my first short which i starred in and like i came off but we were watching the edit and i came off as like way more like powerful than i meant to be and it's just <laughs> because i was like literally directing you know my oh, character wow. was low status but I, w- I had to be like high status on set and that's just a really tough transition to make it you know? is it's and, exhausting yeah yeah, yeah. You, you don't get to see yourself either so it's just like i don't i guess that's probably the best benefit of having like oh no that's why it's good having and and part of it is in like you know when we've discussed everything ahead of time and we're all we're on the same page it makes it easier for especially for david's character who has some you know much more heavy acting than my character for example and so you know the for in order for him to be able to concentrate on what he's doing in front of the camera he needs we need to have the trust um so that um you know we can we can you know he doesn't have to worry about all the technical stuff or all the producing stuff or he knows where the shots are already and then he can just on the day just concentrate on what's most important so heavy pre-production yeah yeah. as much as we can get yeah yeah, it's never enough but a lot of it stems like what david was saying when you're writing it or when we're when we were just talking about it for years, it's kind of like yeah. by the time we get to that point, and the, the benefit of working with it that long is we have the shorthand um, because yeah, this is what the character is is thinking or supposed to be doing mm-hmm. or 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 whatever for the you know we've been saying the same things to each other for a while. It makes it easier to like fully grasp that world and sort of just like live and play in it, I imagine. Right, right. Yeah. Or, or or you know, it's great it was great working with Robin Mia who would, who would come with a fresh perspective on it and 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 they added a whole other layer to the characters and and that was really wonderful. Um but, you know, it takes some time to get there and so a lot of our rehearsals and a lot of our discussions during prep was geared around them after they had gotten attached to the film and what are their strengths and and let's talk about that as opposed to like focus on the stuff that we're doing yeah that's that's really interesting sort of placing the focus on the other and how that can actually end up benefiting your own performance as well right right. just like the entire sets uh benefit i guess Mm -hmm. so my last question because i gotta wrap up here is um something i ask everyone and it's if you had any advice to aspiring filmmakers uh what would it be um, I guess just don't be afraid to fail. I mean, just keep keep exploring and, and just keep just keep making stuff and and try to not try to try to do something new. Don't um you know with uh um and and failure you know can be a result of that sometimes by trying something new. But that then you're you're especially with things being so cheap now in terms of you know being able to shooting on your phone or whatever. Right. It just seems there's no there's less excuses than there were before to to uh, or obstacles to to. Um, just m- making things, right? And, and I would say um, try everything. So try running a camera, try running sound, <laughs> try editing, try writing, uh, try producing. Like the more that you understand every aspect of it, the more you can appreciate when someone's really good at their job. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and and the more that you, it helps you collaborate with a production designer or um, you know a cinematographer or people that are much more skilled than yourself. Yeah. So. Well, that's great advice, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, congrats. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to stay tuned over the next several weeks for more interviews from Sundance. We have a ton coming down the barrel, including a lot of roundtables with filmmakers from tons of movies. 
And to make sure you don't miss a single one of those episodes, go subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. And if that happens to be Apple, why not rate us five stars? I'm John Fusco. You can follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore John underscore Jim. You can follow No Film School on Twitter at No Film School. And we'll see you on Thursday for another episode of Indie Film Weekly. 